Blog Talk Radio. Finally, a global program specifically for wealthy, philanthropic women who are humble, gracious leaders. Sylvia Global's host, Gil Sylvia, invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations, households, business, and communities. Trustworthy, live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited and quite honored to have a distinguished guest. Her name is Hayes Rosen. Hayes is the found, she is a birth intuit, and she is also the founder of Ahimsa Mama Doula. She is a certified doula and midwife assistant and, assistant and an energy worker. Hey, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so excited. It's very, very nice to have you join us. I think that this is a topic that um, more uh, women um, are seeking information on, and mm-hmm. we're glad that Sylvia Global is able to bring this conversation to a global audience because there are women around the world who don't give birth, um, you know, in the same types of settings that are familiar to us in the United States. I know that there's a birthing center being developed in Namibia um, Mm -hmm. by the First Ladies Initiative because there's no place for for women um, to go for a birthing experience that has quality medical service available, so there are consequences when those resources aren't there. But at the mm-hmm. same time, um, those of us who have access to lots of Western um, medical services, we're still missing out on some of the magic and the, the, I think, the other spiritual side to birth and the birthing process. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much for being here. Talk to us about, you know, tell us what a doula is how, and how it differs from a midwife. You know, it's very interesting. First of all, let me say that this is amazing that you're doing this because it's a subject that's not been broached on radio at all, um, very, or I should say very, very little. Um, so that's wonderful that you're doing it. Um, I actually just did a, a series uh, of Hayes the Doula on the streets asking community, you know, if they knew what a doula was. Um, and I think this speaks to exactly what you're, you're, you're talking about, the quality of care and the quality of, of the birth that a, a, a family is able to have. Um, so I, did, I went across uh, this Los Angeles city um, in all aspects of the city, and I asked if they knew what a doula was. And I would say that maybe one in every five every six knew what a doula was. Um, and if they did say, oh, that's like a midwife, right? <laughs> um, I would say no, because actually a midwife, um, since you're asking, a midwife is closer to an OBGYN in the sense that they are there to facilitate the birth of the, of the baby. Um, the difference between a midwife and an OBGYN is uh, about the holistic care which is um, the aspect that doulas really come into play because we are also more holistic. We deal with the whole being, the whole body, the whole family, the whole dynamic. So midwife and a doula are going to be there 
concerned about the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual aspects of birth and pregnancy and labor. So when someone, when you're asking the people this question on the street, you're here mm-hmm. in Southern California, and mm-hmm. you're saying one out of six um, yeah. was familiar with a doula. Yeah, and, or they heard the word. Or they heard the word. Mm-hmm. Do you find that that you know are you is your guess that that's representative of kind of the national you know I know it's not a formal study that you were doing but do you guess that that would be accurate percentages or represent consistent perspectives across the country? Actually, unfortunately, no. That's for LA. Yeah. Considering that we are more so on that um, front yeah. of birthing holistically, having the options and having a, a chance to have an evidence-based maternity care, having the opportunity to have a, you know, a uh, empowered birth, a respectful birth. We are on the forefront of that. And if only one in six knew what I was asking, across the country, you might as well make that 0.5 I mean, it's really, it's 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 sad. It's it's it's, it's very um, it's very telling though. Um, the numbers for America uh, have risen so much for uh, cesarean section and so much for um, elective surgery and um, elective uh, drug use that um, you can tell. You can tell just by my doing that one. One little, um, you know, intrigue into my question, like, how many people know this? How many people know what I do? Because sometimes I get people who are like, a doula? How do you spell that? What is that? And it's actually an ancient craft. It's actually something that was always there but didn't take a formative name until, like, the 70s maybe. Um, But there were always sisters, aunties, friends, and women supporting women in birth. Um, and now here we are requesting that there be more evidence-based maternity care, which means that the care is provi- that's been provided is, is, has reliable research and that it's beneficial to mothers and babies, reducing the incidence of complication, injury, and death. And I know it sounds kind of dramatic, but really um, America is, our maternal mortality rate now is, it's, it has increased. It's 1,000 women who died related to childbirth. And neonatal mortality rate has increased as well to about that same number. And we are no longer back in number uh, 18 like in the 70s. We're number 40. We're between, number, we're between 40 and 49 in the whole world of, of really intrusive, invasive maternity care. You know, it's, it's shocking. It's very disturbing, and I really commend Ricky Lake for, you know, her work that she did, her film, you know, The the Business of Being Born. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, even for me, who I, you know, like to think of myself as being an enlightened woman in this area of, you know, alternative, you know, alternative to traditional Western medical practices, um, mm-hmm. I learned a lot because she was able to tie the history in. And as you were pointing out, you know, the origin of the the word doula, you know, goes back to, it's a Greek word, you know, meaning yes. female servant, you know, a non-medical yes. person assisting mm-hmm. a woman during childbirth. 
as well mm-hmm. as her partner and her family, you know, providing that information, providing physical assistance and emotional support. So, you know, and it led to, you know, you referenced that 19, in 1973, you know, the more formal use of the word doula, you know, evolving from some anthropological studies that Dana Raphael conducted, suggesting right. that, you know, this widespread practice of females and birthing in human society and the traditional role of family members and friends in this process is something that um, stays with us throughout the lifespan of the children beyond the birth process. Can you speak to the effects of that making these decisions and how it affects the rest of our decision-making as we raise children? Yes, absolutely. You know, some of the work that I do with women, I do um, write a passage work for women and, and hopes that it instills that for themselves, but also that they are able to do that for their children. America is one of the few places that doesn't have the recognition of rites of, of passage unless um, you're of the Jewish um, heritage. And um, what I like to do is really instill that because you become a mother you become a parent the moment you get pregnant. So all your choices, all your decisions, all your thoughts are geared to who and how you are going to parent and who you're going to be as a parent when that child is born. It starts the moment you make your first first choice of what you're putting into your body. And um, that, goes, that goes all the way through. So when you are talking about, um, you know, choosing to create, a birth that is supportive of your empowerment, that that's going to do a lot for your child, that there's not any more extra stress than birth is anyway, you know. Um, it's, it is a stressful time. It's supposed to be. But it's the only time where our bodies are actually, you know, for women, doing what it's supposed to do and there's nothing wrong. The the intensity of the pressure and the sensations are absolutely what's supposed to happen and there's no sickness you know, there's nothing wrong and we have so we have to remember that and a lot of women are going into birth with fear so we go to a hospital because if something's wrong with you you go to a hospital and why wouldn't you of course you would that's the smart thing to do there's nothing wrong in birth as long as you are really taking care of yourself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. And I mean nutrition has to be key. It is the most important thing. Anything that happens in birth or anything that could happen is prevented or treated through diet. It's totally possible without drugs. But we, if we go into the mindset that there's something wrong, then we're going to go to have somebody fix it. But a woman who is empowered is going to say, there's nothing wrong here. I'm going to take that Western medicine and that doctor and I'm going to bridge it with this because that's smart. And I'm going to create the birth that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. You know? And the moment that that is the mentality, there is a peace around it. There is a, a sense of calm in it. And there is a knowing that the body is doing what it's supposed to and that it is strong and it is powerful. And the woman can know she's got her own back. It's a very huge thing that she can find her edges and see where her where her strength lies and see how far she can go and how much she can cope with. And I feel personally that it's important for a woman to go through that, um, at least a trial 
of labor um, so that she can create coping skills because then she can teach coping skills, you know. Um, And all of that being said, I totally believe that we can save lives with inductions and C-sections. They are life-saving interventions when necessary. I would not turn my back on Western medicine at all. You know, you made a, I think you used a really important word here, and that's fear, you know, mm-hmm. and the association that we, you know, that we have with fear and birthing. I think a mm-hmm. lot of it, um, you know, it is, there is reality to that. Um, there are risks, I should say, that are, that do come with giving birth um, yes. in all circumstances, you know, no matter mm-hmm. what's available to us in terms of medical resources. But fear um, also prevents us from being well-informed and being able to experience the best that life has to offer us. And when that fear begins at birth and conception, (laughs) that's not a a good way to start the journey. Well, yeah, there you go, down that slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so what is the biggest fear that you have found um, men and women to have with quote unquote alternative birthing options for career. Well, you know, for for the men, the most common challenge for them is the fear that they won't be able to save their wives, or I should say, partners. That they won't be able to save the, their partners. That there's so much going on that's beyond their understanding, all they can see is that there is a lot of discomfort, there's a lot of intensity, there's a lot of sensation. Um, And as you can see, I've chosen to use a different way of speaking about those things, (laughs) right? Um, Because really it's just acknowledging the muscle and the power in the body for birth. Um, And the challenge for a lot of partners is that they can't do anything. It's outside of them, and they are just standing there helpless or what they see deem as helpless in a society that says that they should be able to do everything and fix everything and conquer everything. Um, And that's not what's needed in the birthing room. In the birthing room, what's needed is their continual support, their continual presence, and their understanding that this is a life-changing, transforming event. And, and, And recreating for themselves what it means to be partner, what it means to be husband, what it means to be father, what it means to be guardian, whatever that is, whatever society has said, to take that into their own body and recreate it and choose their own meaning of that. And then they become empowered. So it can be a rite of passage for the partner, the guardian, the husband, the the surrogate. It can be that still outside of it. And what I see for the moms most commonly, their most common fear is that they're they're going to to be torn open, that they're gonna break. Unfortunately or fortunately they're you know, I can't say what's right or wrong. I believe firmly that there are no mistakes. Um birth and death have been taken out of the home. So most people do not see it anymore. It's a new phenomenon really, from the early 1900s, that birth is happening in a hospital. But that removal from the home has instilled a 
I don't know what that means. I don't know what happens. What is that? A whole, a whole idea of not knowing that is blanketed in fear. Um, and for most women, they go to that point, especially that critical point where they have to really surrender, and surrendering not in a letting go, but a surrendering and uplifting their bodies to the, the science of it, that they feel like they're going to break open, that they're going to tear open. The, they, the veil of life and death is so clear at that time that they become fearful for themselves. And ultimately, if that baby is going to be born, that mother has got to do it, and hopefully she has reached that place within herself of trust and surrender and embracing that new archetype of mother, and she's chosen to leave the girl and the woman to become that archetype. And if, in doing so, then she has an easier time breathing that baby out, you know, pushing that baby out and, and just stepping into her life. How does, uh, what kind of differences have been the most profound that you've consistently witnessed following the birth and your involvement as a doula and an assistant midwife? Oh, that's so easy. I The most consistent thing I see for uh, fathers is engagement. All of a sudden, they can absolutely see and they can absolutely do something. They want to participate. They are right on board and they are engaged the moment they see their child with their features or face or skin color or whatever. They're right. There's, I have seen them be detached, a little bit removed in prenatals. And then the moment they're in the birth, they are focused, they are there, and um, it's a beautiful thing to witness them holding their child afterwards, and you see all of a sudden they've left the man and they become the father or the dad, whatever that is to them. That's a beautiful thing. And in the mothers, I see a trusting of self that happens. All of a sudden, they, they say, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Of course I know what to do. I know how to do this. I know what to do. I know what she needs. I know what he needs. I know how to feed her. I know how to feed him. I can do this. I can take care of them. That trust in self is one of the most common things I see. Mm. I love it. I love it. It sounds absolutely beautiful. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's the best thing. I am so blessed to be able to do it. I love doing it, and I... You know, the people trust me enough to have me in these very sacred moments. It's amazing. And it's, you know, I I think what I bring to them is the fun of birth, the fun mm-hmm. of watching their body do something miraculous, to see life happen in front of their eyes and they had a creative moment in it. I, I You know, I just bring the fun in it. It's so much fun. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> what? How did you, how did you find yourself being drawn to this work. You know, talk to to us about your background and how you knew that this is what you were called to do. You know, it's very interesting. I actually went to school for theater and journalism. And I just knew that I was going to be a Broadway actress. I was destined. I remembered it from, you know, all kinds of of dreams and talking about when I was young. Um, And then I had my first child. And my midwife 
had a doula, and she was amazing. She was so wonderful. And I remember asking her in the middle of my labor, who are you and what are you doing? Because you're so, you're so wonderful. You're making such a difference. And what is it? And how do I do it? And where did you learn? And, and previous to that, I had started on a path of learning about healing and meditation. And so, so we're talking about in my twenties, I started looking at meditation and and and, and energy work and and learning about all that I could and. Um, learning more about my Native American background and my African background and, and just seeing more about that, that holistic side of things. And, and it, so by the time I had my first child, my son, Jahi, I was clear that I, I could see that she was doing something that impacted me in a way that was allowing me to do something I dreamed of. And I wanted to do it. And so I asked her, and she told me, and I immediately started and finding out where I could train and and you know there's different roads down to being a doula and I made sure that I took the most extensive one because I wanted to make sure that I was an asset not a not a deficit I wanted to make sure that I was well trained well honed and that I could speak in a way that was egoless that was supportive and that empowered the family so the doula has no clinical role in the birthing process, but a role that's important enough that there is certification required. So, And you said that you intentionally sought the most rigorous path mm-hmm. for that certification. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about the, you know, the certification process and the qualifications you know, of a doula that can help our listeners to understand the credibility of doulas in our Western environment. Okay. Well, there's several different uh, resources, and some of them are weekend training with extensive reading and um, lots of uh, of exams and studying and uh, videos, and then there are some that are sessions that last for eight weeks, 12 weeks, and there's some that last for a year or two. I chose to do the one that lasted for a year or two. And, um, you know, you can, you can still, you can still be effective, but I think that the more live births you witness, the more births that you've experienced, the more postpartums that you experience, the better that you are. And I consider that a doula is the epidural. If you want to achieve a vaginal birth in a hospital setting, you are wise to grab a doula. And I say this because not any offense to hospitals or OBGYNs, because I know some great hospitals and some amazing OBGYNs who I would work with again in a heartbeat and some incredible nurses and staff on some hospitals. But they have not seen a normal birth or natural birth. They consider a natural birth um, a birth that's vaginal. I consider a, a natural normal birth a birth that's uninvasive. There are no drugs. There, mm-hmm. The woman's not hooked up. There's mm-hmm. no hemlock. Um, mm-hmm. She can walk around. She can dance. She can squat. She can do. She can eat. She can drink. She's um, comfortable in her skin. We do intermittent mon- monitoring, and we know what's happening. But because of 
Western philosophy and who we are today in, in America, a hospital can't do that. A OBGYN can't do that. They have been sued left and right. There is libel. There's all these things that happen. Um, so rightly so, they have to take precautions um, because otherwise they will be blamed. They will be, you know, used as, uh, you know, look, this is what happened if you use this person, which is not so. But, you know, we understand why things are happening. But I do believe there's a way to bridge a medical model with a holistic model. And I've seen this now where hospitals are working together with doulas and with midwives and, and getting to a point where it's about truly the outcome of the mother and child. It's about birth, birth matters, and a respectful maternity care system that is advantageous for all everyone. So when do you work with um, several midwives, or are doulas always accompanied um, by a midwife? Um, you know what? No. Doulas are uh, everywhere now, actually. And there are a couple of hospitals out here who are working with doulas and training uh, their nurses through doula courses now um, in Los Angeles. Um, I do a lot of hospital births. I do a lot of home births. Um, and I have to be very mindful because um, usually, you know, I have to remember w in what capacity I'm showing up as. Because as a doula, I'm there to support only. I'm not there to tell the doctor what they're doing. I'm not there to tell the mother and father what they're doing. It is not about me whatsoever. It's a very, very egoless field. You cannot have your own agenda as a doula what distinguishes the role of a doula from the nurses in the role well that's been one of the challenges that's been one of the challenges for nurses who feel like doulas are coming in and taking over and um, that's one of the things we've been really working with them to understand and you can tell when uh, a series of nurses have had a really good doula come in because they're like oh you're the doula oh great that's awesome Great, because they know we're going to take away half of their work. Of course they're going to be maintaining care. That's what they do. They are the one constant care that a mother will have in a hospital until that doctor comes in, which is at the last the last phase of, of birth, right? So the continuity, the continuity of care is with the nursing staff. So a doula can come in and really help support the nurse doing what she's doing by helping the mother be really relaxed, feeling really calm and empowered, and being really clear about all her options and her choices, and so that they're working as a team. No one's against another one, and that's been the challenge, too. You've had, uh, you know, a lot of people who have a preconceived idea of a nurse or a preconceived idea of a doula, and they're not trying to work together. And considering that both of them are about taking care of the mother and both of them are about, you know, the outcome and about respect in maternity care, it behooves everyone to really, really partner in that and be a team. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Hayes, and how would they go about um, identifying a doula in their area? Oh, there are a lot of ways 
to find doulas nowadays. When I started, it was not as common, but now it's beautifully recognized. Um, you can look through um, uh, a company, uh, a group called Alice. And they have a new name, but you can still use Alice. It's A period L period A period C period E period um, dot com. And um, you can also go through Dona of North America, you know, doulas of North America, Dona is D-O-N-A. Um, in California, we also have DASC, D-A-S-C. Um, but literally, if you put in doula in the search, all these different organizations will come up. They are so well qualified, and um, they're doing, they're making great strides for respectful birth, uh, you know, and maternity care. It's just, um, it's really empowering. It's very amazing. And um, I can be reached through uh, the birthintuit.com, and that is uh, T H E B I R T H I N T U I T dot com. And my email is unfoldingevolving at gmail.com. Can you repeat that one more time? Sure. It's unfoldingevolving at gmail.com. Um, Hayes, Rosen, thank you so much for being here today to um, enlighten the world around the power and the glory of having, of life, you know, and the phrase that you use, the fun of birthing, and involving doulas um, in the entry of life into the world. Thank you for being here. We look forward to not only having you come back for further discussion about this important work, but many more. You're such an incredible woman, and we just um, applaud you and are so thankful that you're here um, to help us in the arrival of life and the sustaining joy of our living. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You've been listening to sylviaglobal.com radio, and our guest today is Hayes Rosen. And you can find this broadcast on sylviaglobal.com. Click on the microphone and you'll hear us um, there. Or you can click on, go under health and you will see Hayes Rosen and listen to this broadcast and learn more about her and contact her as well. Follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to sylviaglobal.com media. Thanks, Hayes. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you. You've been listening to Sylvia Global with your host, Gail Sylvia. Become a subscriber to Sylvia Global for unique listener opportunities. Follow on Twitter and like them on Facebook. For more information, go to www.sylviaglobal.com. That's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L.com.